The You're Still Here podcast is proudly brought to you, but actually not brought to you by Dunkaroos, the children's candy that apparently has been off the shelves for the past decade or so that I had no clue about, but is now back for all of you to enjoy. Dunkaroos, you don't just dunk, you dunkaroo. That was the jingle. You don't just dunk, you dunkaroo. What the hell does that mean? You don't just dunk, you dunkaroo. I guess you dunk a kangaroo, and I guess the short form of kangaroo would be a roo. You dunk a roo, you dunk a kangaroo. You don't just dunk. You dunk a kangaroo. So yeah, we're we're brought to you by Dunkaroos. I, I can't believe that Dunkaroos was taken off the shelves. Supposedly it was not available in this country. And do you know, I could just be making this up. I believe it has been available in Australia. Is Dunkaroos actually an Australian candy that we had brought that we brought here that just wasn't something that we made up and then just threw a kangaroo twist on it it was an actual Aussie candy I don't know but I do know that it has been available in other countries but not here which is perplexing to me because of all the candies that remain on the shelves or what do you call those children's snacks because it's not really a candy but it's one of those snacks it was a snack that I had all the time because I've, I've mentioned this before, but I had an absolutely cool mom when it came to these snacks that I was allowed to have in elementary school. You name it, I had it. Gushers, string thing, fruit by the foot, whatever I wanted. As long as I had my sandwich, I had the snack to go with it. And Dunkaroos was one of my heavy hitters. And don't even insult me by asking which icing classic chocolate always been a chocolate guy the chocolate icing crushes the vanilla icing with dunkaroos but like i was saying of all the things to take off the shelves dunkaroos dunkaroos was i never knew anyone who really disliked dunkaroos yet you have random things like ring dings that are still around drake's coffee cakes I don't see anybody eating i i can't imagine kids yearning for drake's coffee cakes but i Bet you they would still love some Dunkaroos. And that's assuming that there isn't a health-conscious movement, but judging by the obesity levels, I don't think they've really plummeted at any point, so I would imagine Dunkaroos would still be relatively profitable amongst the youths. Anyway, how are you guys doing? I'm going to start off by saying I am in a much better mood this week. I have a Good show for you today. I wrote a couple topics down, a couple things to talk about. It's going to be a, a good old-fashioned, old-school episode of You're Still Here. Still here? So this week, like I just mentioned, the episode is brought to you by Dunkaroos, the candy, even though it's actually not. Last week, the episode was brought to you, but not actually brought to you by Simon, the game. I said that I needed Simon because... I'd been dealing with a bunch of blunders, and my mind was not as sharp as I expected it to be. And guess what happened? Guess what happened? I come home the other day, and there's an Amazon package waiting for me. And I open it, and it is a Simon, a mini game of Simon, which I have right here next to me right now. Somebody purchased me a Simon. They must have been so concerned about my mental acuity metaphorically speaking they must have been so concerned to the point that they didn't want the podcast to tail off and drop off that they actually went out there and got me one of those simons where i could actually start working on my memory and guess what i played a game and i did decent 
I already started putting it to use. Now, let me tell you a little more. If you're well, who, who sent this to me? I immediately texted the two people who I thought it may have been. Turns out it wasn't them. So then I look at the return address and it's a girl from my high school. Yes, a girl from my high school sent me a Simon, which means she's listening to the podcast and now sent me the Simon. The answer, of course, is no. And then that brings me to my first topic of the day. My friend, I'm going to call him, let's call him Lois. I'm going to tell you about this friend, Lois. Yes, he sent me this Simon, and I'm very appreciative <laughs> appreciative of it because I really will put it to use. But he addressed it with a girl from my high school and actually <laughs> put like a gift card note as if the girl from my high school wrote it to me. And that will allow me to tell you about this friend of mine. I have referenced in the past, I've told you I have a very interesting group of friends. They are big credit refusers. You don't get credit for anything. They rip on you. There's no good jobs ever. You just, we're an old school group of friends. There is no praise, only insults. Okay, we treat each other like a bunch of referees. You make one mistake, we will rip on you the whole year. You do everything perfectly, we just won't say a word. And that's what my friends are like. But one guy specifically, and I've taken my part in this, we've been going at it through the years. We've been prank calling each other. We use fake phone numbers. And this has happened for decades. And we, we do these sinister acts like the Joker with no rhyme, no reason. Some men just want to watch the world burn. We literally had an idea on speaking of the Joker when we put our sinister minds together. We knew six girls in our high school who looked like the Joker. Six girls in our high school actually looked like the Joker. Had the big smile, the lips, the whole look. And we had, <laughs> we had contemplated mailing them just like he mailed me this Simon, we contemplated mailing them a picture of the Joker from, you know, like with no return address or anything. With pictures of the other girls who looked like the Joker to see if they could actually put two and two and four together. Saying, why did I just receive this picture of the Joker with the other girls from my high school? Now that I look at it, those other girls kind of look like the Joker. Wait a minute. Is somebody trying to tell me I look like the Joker? We contemplated doing this because, you know, we had sinister minds. Now, the flip side of this, <laughs> we never knew when the other person was coming after the other one. Like, I never knew. If my phone rang, because he has applications, as do I, where we can disguise our phone numbers as somebody else. We use this spoof card program where if I want to call him from his own mother's number, I can do it and vice versa. I can do it right now. I can call him from his wife's number right now if I want to. Now, the problem with this is that you never know when it's them. He'll screw you to the end. Look what he's doing now. Sending me gifts, a message, messaged from a girl from my high school I haven't seen in a decade. I haven't really gotten to this story, but I'm going to tell you, when I was in college, I entered this competition. I entered this competition to make a television show, and I promise you I will go into this in further detail in a future episode. But I submitted a show idea with a video to MTV. Do you know that I was getting a haircut 
and a producer from MTV actually called me and I was in the barbershop chair and I answered and they say, hi, I'm so-and-so from MTV. We're calling you about the so-and-so. And I just go, yeah, all right. Thanks a lot, Lois. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. You love my show at MTV. Thanks, Lois. And I hung up on MTV because this kid, anytime your phone rang, it was a possibility that he could be screwing you. You're all screwing me. That's the kind of relationship that I have with this kid. Now, it's look, it really is all fun and games, but still to this day, if anything even remotely suspicious happens, there's a chance it could be Lois. Even though Lois has a family now, and he's still, you never know if he's got an extra couple minutes to screw you, and vice versa. These are the type of people I grew up with. So when you wonder why my mind is always skeptical of things, I swear to God, if I won the DraftKings tournament, if I actually won the tournament, I would be worried that he somehow set something up to intercept my entry or something like that. Yeah, it could always be. He once called me from a restaurant using the, the, the spoof card with the number saying that he knew I didn't pay the bill and he knew I was up to no good. And this is when I was living in California. He When I was living in California, him still in New York decided one random night to use spoof card to call me from a restaurant saying that I didn't pay and he knows and he's going to report me to the authorities and vice versa. These are the kind of people that I deal with. So, you know, you wonder why I'm always ready to, to go back and forth with someone. This is why I, I, I grew up in a Game of Thrones environment with these. You always had to be ready for what, whatever was thrown at you. When you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. But eventually, by the way, I was able to call the people from MTV back. And like I said, I will get into that story at a later date. Regardless, Lois, and that's not his name, but Lois, thank you. Even though you had to throw in the message from the high school girl. Thank you for the Simon. I will be using it. And I'm already noticing some slight benefits. Now that I got that part out of the way, I'm not going to waste any time. I know I left you with that cliffhanger last week, and I just want to go right into it. I'm not going to talk this up like Conor McGregor and say, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. And then at the end of the fight, I'm sitting there with my broken leg saying, ah, your wife is in me DMs. Your wife is in me DMs. Hey, baby. I'm going right into what I promised last week, and that is a relatively funny entertaining scam of the week. It's a scam. That's a scam. What a scam that was. So this was all a scam, huh? This is the handicapped dog scam. I know. The handicapped dog scam. And this story was set from when I used to work in the meatpacking district in New York. If you don't know what that is, you're not from New York, you've probably seen it referenced in movies. It's where a lot of big nightclubs are. And it's where a lot of places where you will see the Instagram model type girls. You see models, real ones, Instagram models, you name it. Those people who are chasing those social media pictures are usually going out somewhere and meatpacking. So that means there's a lot of attractive girls in the area. I happen to work there, so I would walk through this every night. And I I would go out once in a while there, but, you know, the... This is not your average girl. This is like the this is the influencer type girl, and I used to see this guy. I would only see him during the warm months. He had a little dog whose rear legs didn't work, and he had like a horse and car. He had him in a wheelchair. It was a wheelchair little dog. 
and the front legs worked and the hind legs didn't. And he had him on like an Ebenezer Scrooge carriage, a, a, a mini, imagine like a mini carriage where the dog's front legs are walking and then the hind legs are rested on the carriage and the two wheels just move it forward. So it's like a handy, it's a wheelchair for a dog. And this guy would just do a loop past all the popular places. And guess who always wanted to take pictures with him? Yeah, that's right. The picture-seeking Instagram models. He used those Instagram models' desire for that, that next upload, that upload that's going to make them look either trendy or sympathetic to a cause or something to light up their social media that's noteworthy. And he used it against them. He showed up with this wheelchair dog only during the warm months. I did not, I never saw this guy during the winter when he'd have to tough it out. And there aren't as many hot girls on the streets, but you go spring, summer, and early fall. This guy was out there with his wheelchair dog. And I saw him getting up there flirting with them and I know he snakes some numbers out of it like oh you should come by you should come by you should come check out the dog you know the, the dog really gets excited on Fridays he's always lonely what are you doing Friday I know this guy raked up numbers with this wheelchair dog and here's a part that I can't prove but I don't believe it was his dog I believe that this guy rented this wheelchair dog during specific times throughout the year to rake in extremely hot girls numbers in the meatpacking district in New York. I'm telling you, I never saw this guy in February, never saw him in January, and theoretically, if he's got a dog in the area, he's wheeling that thing out, rain, snow, sleet, you know, that dog needs a walk, and he would never be out there during the months where the hot girls weren't. This guy had a handicapped dog scam. It was not his dog. I'm willing to go on, the, I am willing, you know, when I have my inevitable purgatory sentence and I have to, I have to lay out some claims, I'm willing to risk a couple of years in, you know, heaven, hell, you name it, that that was not his dog. This guy came in to meet women with his wheelchair dog. And by the way, it worked. Your wife is in me DMs, hey baby. Do you know how difficult it is to strike up? a conversation with somebody who everyone wants to strike up a conversation with. And please do not hit me with that. You know, the interesting thing is the most attractive girls out there actually say nobody ever goes up to them. Uh, no. How about no? How about no? How about no? And if you want to challenge me on that, then let's put up some money and then let's have one of these hot girls that nobody approaches Let's either A, follow her around for two days, or B, let's check that DM, because that also counts. That also counts. And I'll revisit that situation in just a second. Because do you want to know where you cannot meet a girl like that without a wheelchair dog? The DM, that guy, this generic looking guy, looked like he played, he looked like he was in the movie Summer Catch, like some Matthew Lillard type character. Some Freddie Prince Jr., but without the fame, Freddie Prince Jr. is just a guy at the corner. Sorry, he is. I saw 15 Freddie Prince Juniors when I went out with my friend this weekend. And they're not answering that DM. You want to know how I know that? Because, like I told you, I'm not the ugliest guy in the world. Oh, for you name it, on DMs. 
You think Shaq had a bad free throw percentage? I haven't. I've never had one DM answered ever. A hack of Shaq. I, I swear to you, it's the biggest myth in common culture. Like we see on all these shows, you could see something on Barstool, like, oh, and then he, well, I actually DM'd Logan Paul, and then he said, why don't you come on the show? Like, like this works for people. You want to know what happens when a regular person DMs? I may have mentioned this months ago, but you end up lumped in with the others. You literally, there's like a folder that you have to click into, and then it says others, and you're in there with the Russian bots and people offering money for feet pictures. That's where you're, hey, my name's Andy, and uh, I just thought I... Uh, Maybe, uh, you know, this was me shooting my shot. Yeah. How about, how about this? How about this? You want to conduct a little experiment? How about I find a handful of decent looking girls in New York? Nothing crazy. And remember, I have about, I have like almost 7,000 followers. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not fully on the rust scale. You found rust. Let's see how many regular girls, slightly attractive, it takes for me to send a generic DM. Let's see how long it even takes to get a, sorry, I'm not interested, let alone a scene. I won't even get to the point of scene. And if you uh, you guys want to place bets, you uh, what, this should be like the price is right. How many DMs am I going to have to send until I get to the scene, until I get a response, and then until I get a actual interested? Because my initial thoughts... My first scene would come at about person number 17. My first I'm not interested would be at person number, I'd say, 35. Then my first I'm interested, 70, uh, 62. After 62 DMs, I think maybe the first person will be like, you know what, Andy? I, I actually haven't done anything in six weeks. Sure. Why don't we go out? Yeah, 62 people. And when it comes to what I'm going to message, look, when you message people now, and even in personal text messages, you could be with somebody for four years. You have to text them like that message is going to be used in court later on. Every message you send, you should always have that little thing in the back of your mind. Is this going to be on Yahoo? Is this going to be on the front page of Yahoo? You know, Le Le'Veon Bell never thought it was going to be when he sent that girl a DM. Boom, Yahoo. Chris Depp's Porzingis. Uh, that Croatian model, boom, cover a Yahoo. Every message has to be worded in such a way that when an editor at Yahoo gets that submission from a random girl who you DM'd, they look at it and go, I don't think that's going to get enough clicks. This Andy guy just seemed kind of normal. He said, hi, I just wanted to meet you and say, no, no, no. They, they want you to be creepy. Like, ooh, I've been seeing that. Uh, you know, me shooting my shot. I'm on fire. I've been playing NBA Jam. He's on fire. Yeah, th that's what they want. They want you to make, uh, they want you to say stupid stuff and then you're on Yahoo. So I, this is going to sound, look, your messages have to sound somewhat like you know you're being tapped by the FBI. So you, it has to sound a little plain and boring, like, hello, Jan. My name's Andy. I also live in the tri-state area. And I was wondering if maybe you were interested in grabbing a cup of Joe or whatever it is. Just... <laughs> You know, I was wondering if uh, you were around this weekend. Maybe we could meet up somewhere. Something plain, something that Yahoo would reject, but that still qualifies as a normal enough message where if she leans over to her friend, because I always said this is what they do, you DM somebody, you text somebody, your text is now appearing in front of a panel of judges like it's appearing on The Voice. You send a girl a text, that's going out to a full group text who are 
all analyzing what you've sent. And then they all in unison determine if you're going to get a response, what the response is going to be. That's what's going to happen. So yeah, maybe we'll conduct this test relatively soon. I guess the problem would be, how can I do this publicly? Because if I post about this, and then theoretically I DM a girl and then they go to my profile and they see that I'm DMing a series of girls to see who responds first, that really isn't going to work. So this is going to have to be like a podcast only thing where I talk about it on here and provide updates. And then we can provide screenshots somewhere else or something. And also if you do send those messages, like if I do end up DMing girls to see how many it takes to get a response... You have to have like a timer on these things. Like, you know, in Inspector Gadget, this uh, message will self-destruct after so-and-so. If you send something, like if I were to send a DM, hey, my name's Andy, you know, one of those chalky messages, and I don't get a response within 48 hours, or they upload a story, mean which means like they're active on their Instagram, which means they saw that DM and are choosing not to accept it. You retract that statement. You retract previous statement and you hit that big unsend button. Yeah, they'll get that notification saying message has been unsent or whatever it is. But now at least you're off the hook. Like I said, your whole life has to be prevent screenshot defense. Because you know, my luck, I'm going to be working hard trying to push this podcast, trying to do everything. And I'm going to get through in like six years. And then that girl, then that girl, every single one who I ran this test on, sent a DM to, they're all going to screenshot it. And then it's going to Yahoo. And then because I made it, then I'm going to be known as the guy who is trying to solicit all the girls in New York before I made it. Meanwhile, I was just conducting a test to see when the first person was who would actually respond to it. But that, that's what would happen to me. That's what I think about that. I have to foresee what somebody would do after the fact that I potentially crack through the barrier. Then they would go back, revisit the message that they never answered in the first place and then screenshot it. Now I'm on Yahoo. Yahoo! You know, that reminds me of like the company that I work for. It's 97% like regular people, regular people. Kind people, courteous people, all these people you don't see on social media. Somebody, you ask them a question, they give you an answer. You ask if they want to do something, they respond like civilized human beings. The flip side, when you try to explain things to these people, they act like you're in a bizarre world. And there's a sad, unfortunate truth that I just, I never knew how to tell them this. When you're a regular ass person, when you're a basic ass person, you are not privy to that next level of information. Like, oh God, look, I want you to understand what I'm about to say. It's going to sound mean. It's, it's going to sound mean. So I guess forgive me, but you'd rather somebody just say this than not say it because it's the truth. And I'm just going to say it like you're one of my friends. So here you go. If you're ugly or you're not attractive, you're in this tier of people who don't have the luxury of messing around with others. If you're worried you're not going to meet somebody else, you're not ghosting somebody. You're appreciative of these things. You know, more money, more problems. Yeah, more looks, more fuckery. Like, you know, I see some mediocre, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, some mediocre ass person with another mediocre ass person. And when they say like, 
when I'm telling these people, like, yeah, she waits double digit minutes to answer. And they're like, what are you talking about? People don't do it. Like, you're overthinking it, bro. Because they don't understand. And it's a beautiful thing. They do things the way it's supposed to be done and the way I would do it. But they could never understand. Like, for example, one of my other coworkers, he's a good looking guy, went out, met a good looking girl. He got her number. And I believe he requested her on Instagram and she didn't accept his request back. So they met each other, flirted, exchanged numbers. He requests her on Instagram. She clearly knows who he is. Clearly knows who he is. She just met him. So she knows who it is. And she decides not to accept that request. Do you know what everybody at my job says? They go, no, that's not. I mean, she just probably, it's nothing. Oh, that's nothing. I go, oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. Nothing. It's nothing. So you meet somebody out. You're flirting with them. Exchange numbers. Everything's going good. You request them, and then they just don't respond. That's the equivalent. I, I What I told them, it's a digital handshake. You extended your hand, and the other person did not reach out. So you get nothing. And I said, and this is when they all looked at me. Like, they looked at me. It's why I'll always have a soft spot in my hearts for conspiracy theorists certain kinds, not wacky ones. What do you think tap water is? It's a gay bomb, baby. I put the idea out there. I said, look, this girl probably didn't accept it because she's kind of has an ex or something like that, that that's still in the picture. Yes, maybe she's single, but there's somebody still in the picture who would know if she followed a new guy. And then eventually the guy would ask who's so-and-so. And then she would have to be like, oh, a guy I met at the bar. And then she would have to lie. So she didn't want to put herself in a position where she could be asked by her ex or whoever this guy was that she was kind of with at the time who the guy actually was. Because then she'd have to say, oh, uh, I met a guy at a bar and we exchanged numbers and Instagram. You know, you don't want to put yourself in that position. So rather than deal with any of that, don't accept the request. I say this to the people. They look at me like I have 15 eyes. And no, you want to know what their response was? Like, no, she just didn't think anything of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, you, when you're potentially interested in somebody, the first thing you want to do, the signal you want to send is let's insult them by not allowing them to see our account. And of course, by the way, when it gets revealed like two months later that she, she was with somebody at the time and somebody who was very controlling then people do that thing that I despise. Like when you make a big prediction before the year in a sport or something, like, oh, you know, I actually think Dalvin Cook's going to lead the league in rushing this year. People are like, you're out of your mind. He's injury prone. It's never going to happen. Then it ends up happening. And then at the end of the year, people go, oh, yeah, of course, everyone knew that was going to happen. So, so, so they meet you head on before the year. You're the only one to stand behind it. And then after the fact, they go, oh, well, yeah, that kind of makes sense. We all kind of thought that. So I was a conspiracy theorist beforehand. Then when it gets proven, everyone goes, oh, well, yeah, then no, that, that's kind of, that's Occam's razor. That's what everybody thought. Oh, God damn it. I use this analogy. They're kind of like when you play basketball in the street. Like, yeah, your little tricks are going to work on the guy at the park not going to work in the NCAA. And likewise, the NCAA tricks ain't going to work in the pros. And I was lingering around that NCAA level. And then I had these people at the park telling me what was happening on the court. So I want to take that DM is a myth thing and kind of parlay that into 
a, a different but similar topic in what's trending on TikTok right now. It's this video where you're going to see girls dancing at first one girl and then above their head. It says, is he hot or is blank? For example, is he I'll, I'll use a simple one. Is he hot or is he just an Italian with a gold chain? It's basically you doing a dance move to signify what it is that you like. And they're doing the contrarian scam again. Is he hot? Or does he have a dad bod? Is he hot? Or does he have under a thousand followers? They're doing that thing where they're just blatantly lying. Oh, I know plenty of people who have under a thousand followers. And you know where their DM's going to end up? Right next to mine in that Inspector Gadget self-destruct bin. This message will self-destruct. Um, I, I just want to stay on this topic for a second because what I'm about to tell you it, it is Crazy. You see, just like that DM myth, the truth, it's not laid out that there are no guidebooks that can tell you. I've always said these are unregulated waters. Nobody, Nobody's regulating these waters. These are uncharted territories or unchartered. Still don't know if it's uncharted or unchartered. But imagine this. I know a couple people, I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen it with my eyes so I can verify it. When you see the truth, it's right there in front of you. I've seen people that I know double tap a picture of a girl, literally just double tap the most recent upload. And then that person, within 10 minutes, will DM a guy. And like ask where they're at that night and just show up to a bar or something like that. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? You literally, it's like virtual reality is not this good. It's even harder to pick up a girl in a virtual reality 3D headset. It's still harder to meet a woman. Like the AI that they worked into that made the process harder. Yes, they allow you to do it, but it's still harder than that. Tap, tap. One hour later, a girl shows up like dominoes. Are you kidding me? And it's real. It's real. Like Michael Caine said in The Prestige. It's real. Damn. Give it a little tap, tap, tap. So I was listening to a little bit of a podcast that uh, Joe Rogan had last week with a guy named Adam Curry. And, you know, he gave some advice. It's much easier to make a decent living off of a thousand people who support you directly. Patreon is a very good example of this. You must ask your listeners, to, or as we call them, producers, to support you. You must ask them. And what I found works early on with no agenda, if you say, support me with five bucks a month, you get a lot of people who send you five bucks a month. Here's five bucks. If you say, make it a number meaningful to you, whatever you thought this show was worth, how mm -hmm. much value was it? You get a, a lot of people who send you five bucks. Five bucks! Some will send you 50. I'll take the whole mess of them. His wife, who is, uh, she, she was involved in charities, and she said the number one reason that people don't donate, or the reason that they said was because that they were never asked. So this is not my forte. But if at any point anybody does want to put money towards the podcast or any of my other productions you guys know it obviously gets put back into the work 
Uh, you can go to the Patreon that I give you guys, patreon.com slash Andy Francis. It's an easy way to do it. I don't think I'm ready to just be like, all right, here's my PayPal and Venmo. I just would feel too much like some OnlyFans chick. So if you would like to support my work, that patreon.com slash Andy Francis will always be there for you. You make a contribution amount per month, whatever you think is comfortable. If not, I understand. I will grind away at it regardless. I hope you guys enjoyed the show this week. I feel like I gave you some good topics. I actually had some more to give you, but this is not you know the real world that goes an hour and a half every Wednesday. Actually, I don't think the real world's been on in seven years. But I like to keep it around half hour, so I guess maybe tease a story that I was going to tell you about the 4th of July. And when somebody, uh, a woman hired me and then got inappropriate with me. How do you like that? I think inappropriate is definitely not the right word. A woman hired me and inappropriate things eventually happened. How do you like that? That will be the cliffhanger for next week. Fourth of July story. Somebody hired me to do a job and ended up doing something else. So anyway, thank you guys for coming back. Hope you enjoyed it. I feel like I have a little more of my classic energy. Lois, thank you once again for the Simon. I'll put it to good use. Everybody, take it easy. Take care, and I will see you next week.